All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a bonus episode of the Daily Face Off podcast. Bonus. bonus. <laughs> We've got a special three way trade episode. Uh, we figured since there isn't very many mid game three way trades that go down in the NHL, uh, especially of this magnitude, we would fire up a podcast and talk about uh, the fantasy fallout of this Duchesne Tourist, uh, Nashville, Colorado. Ottawa trade. So with me as always, uh, Dylan D. Berthium, how's it going, D? Uh, pretty good. Pretty happy we could fit this in around my class schedule. So thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah, just yeah. as important, we were able to finish uh, fit it in right before a huge Detroit Lions-Green Bay Packers game. Uh, big for both of us, at least, D. Uh, Beebs, I know Probably more important. I know you're, uh, you're, you're a Lions fan as well. So big uh, game for everybody tonight. This might be the first time ever we talk about something, and I actually get it out on the airwaves uh, while it's still relevant not the day after uh but peeps how's it going buddy it's 
good. Um, I woke up today and I looked in my closet and my home and away Matt Duchesne jerseys were just sitting there. Um, it was tough. It was tough getting dressed this morning after looking at that. But, you should have um, just worn to work. Yeah. I I actually thought about it and then I was like, ah, oh, like I probably will get told to go home and change. So <laughs> what's, wrong, um, what's wrong with that? I, I would just look too good. That's what it is, and they can't have me showing everyone up in the office. Um, it might, you know, there's a standard. I gotta, you know. There's a standard. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You can't be yeah, you can't be the best looking guy all the time, right? Maybe showing everyone up wearing my Duchesne jerseys. There you go. Um so yeah, let's just get right into it. Uh mm-hmm. obviously Biebs' heart's a little bit broken, but it was also a pretty good deal for the abs, I'd like to think. So uh let me just break down the deal here and then we'll each kind of give you uh what we think of the trade uh from the three teams perspective and then kind of break it down from a fantasy perspective as well. So three team trade doesn't happen very often, but going to Ottawa is obviously Matt Duchesne. Um, and then going to Nashville, Kyle Turris. So they each only get one player. They each get a center that they've been uh, coveting, I guess, for a little uh, little bit now. So opposite of what goes to Colorado, they get a bevy of picks and prospects. Uh, a first-round pick from Ottawa, which is lottery-protected. Um, I think Elliot Friedman was the one who jumped on that. Uh, so it's lottery-protected, first-round pick from Ottawa. A second-round pick from Nashville. A third-round pick from Ottawa. Uh, Samuel Gerrard, who uh, played in, I think, five games with the Predators so far this season. Uh, Andrew Hammond, uh, that was more of just a salary dump. I guess he's <laughs> staying with uh, Belleville, so Ottawa's AHL team uh, for the meantime. He's been loaned to them, and Colorado plans on flipping him uh, for maybe another pick or whatever. Uh, most likely not too much. Uh, then Shane Bowers goes from Ottawa's uh, camp to Colorado. He was a first-round pick this summer. And Vladislav Kamenev, uh, who's in the AHL, who was in the AHL with the Predators, uh, also goes to Colorado. So four players, really only three players if you take Hammond out of it, and then three picks, a first, second, and third, going to Colorado. Uh, people have made a lot about Joe Sackick's trades in the past, uh, but I think he did pretty well on this one. But, Biebs, why don't we start with you? Obviously, you're a resident Colorado fan. How do you feel... Uh, Sakic did here. I mean, he held on to Duchesne for months and months and months and months and months, and everybody thought maybe he waited too long. Uh, but he kind of looks like a genius right now. How how, how do you think uh, they made out with this one? Yeah, well, I, um, as the biggest Joe Sakic fan in the world, I was honestly starting to lose a lot of hope. Um, and I was one of those people thinking, you know, I mean, we did hold on to him too, too long. But at the same time, I was thinking, let's just give this guy a start. He has so much talent. We've watched him do it over the years, get his trade value back up. But as sad as it was to see Duchesne leave, um, I love this trade absolutely. It's 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 perfect with just everything that Colorado's trying to do right now. And um, as much as they do look okay this year, uh, it's definitely not the year. And I, I, I'm all for the tank again this year. And it gives options to guys like um, like Kerfoot. He moves up to the the second line there. That was one of their big uh, big off season signings out of college. He's looked great so far. Has five goals. He moves up to a second line spot. I just really like it. Um, I like what it does for the team. You get a guy who was unhappy out there onto a playoff team. And uh, in general, it's just, uh, I mean, obviously we're going to have to wait to see what happens, but Sackick looked like he did the right thing here, and uh, and I completely am all for this trade. Uh, from a from a Colorado perspective, D, what do you think, uh, how Sackick made out here? Uh, you know, I like it. I, I think, you know, uh, it's kind of overmade the value that mid-first-round picks can bring you, but nevertheless, he did a nice job getting a nice group of prospects, too. Um, for a guy that's really been underperforming the last couple of years and everyone knew was on the trading block and looking to get out of Colorado, which, you know, makes it hard to move someone like that. But 
Uh, I think he did a good job, nevertheless. And obviously getting Nashville involved turned out uh, to be a really good call for the Avalanche. Yeah, I like they waited forever and it seemed like, you know, sometimes you think that their value might go down. Uh, the one thing that I guess I'd love to point out is I can't remember. I wish I should have pulled it up, but I can't remember who tweeted it out yesterday. But somebody was just like, um, what a first uh, first line score can get you. And then they posted like all the things that uh, that Duchesne <laughs> just brought that, in. And then it was just like, or Adam Larson. <laughs> so. Uh, I guess Sackick did pretty good if you compare it to maybe the Taylor Hall Adam Larson trade. Uh, you know, <laughs> the jury's still out on that trade. But uh, the one thing I really like uh, is the picks. Obviously, they're still a rebuilding team. But Samuel Gerrard seemed like uh, you know he was going to have a pretty bright future in Nashville. It looked like oh my god, Nashville found another diamond in the rough defenseman. Uh, this blue line is just never going to be bad for until the end of time. And then obviously though. At, in the same breath, their blue line yeah, is so good that get. they didn't really need yeah. him um, because you know a lot mm-hmm. of their their quality deep players are still pretty young uh, as you know in their own right. Um, and then the other thing too that's interesting is nobody really knows who this Vladislav Kamenev is because he's just been stuck in the AHL due to the Predators' depth. Uh, but the one thing that's worth pointing out that I uh, that I saw today was that he captained Russian's uh, World yeah. Junior team couple years ago and had five goals in one assist in seven games uh, and he also had 51 points in the AHL last year uh, he's a big kid uh, and he can score so he's an interesting piece going to the avalanche and now he moves from a team uh, that has a lot of depth on the wing to a team that is lacking depth on the wing so Vladislav Kamenov could be a guy that moves up to the uh, to the NHL rather quickly um, I think that you're going to see maybe Neil Yakupov start to slow down now that Duchesne's gone. Uh, I was looking at uh, Yakupov's Corsi numbers with and without Duchesne uh, this year, and when he's not playing with, when he was not playing with Duchesne, it's been an absolute abomination. Uh, but Biebs, do you see, uh, let's say Kamenev or, or Gerard making an, uh, making the Avalanche in the next couple weeks and making a splash? Oh. I know Gerard. They said today Gerard is for sure going to Sweden with them. Uh, so he's not going down to the NHL. He's staying on the NHL roster. Do you see either one of them maybe having an impact in the next month or so? Oh, absolutely. And and what was kind of crazy about this trade was at first when I when I heard three prospects, I expected three guys, you know, who are kind of like Shane Bowers. Um, you know, un, unproven talent, but there's something there. But instead we get someone who who's, was pushing basically – he, he should have been playing in Nashville. He had three points in five games. Uh, that's Samuel Gerrard. And this is someone who slots in as a realistic top four defenseman in Colorado once he gets going there. And that's uh, that's not as much it's not as much compliment to Gerrard as is a, uh, yeah, as it is a knock on the Colorado defenseman. Um, yeah. But as a whole, this could be a huge add or a, a huge addition for him. And and just in general, he's going to get some huge minutes. That uh, I mean, he's he proven to be an offensive defenseman. He had 75 points in 59 games in the queue in his last year and 74 the year before that. And this is a defenseman. So uh, definitely someone who can, uh, if we can see that offense translate, he could become a, uh, a fantasy relevant defenseman pretty quickly. And that's just strictly because of the Clayton Keller effect. He's just the best guy there for the job on a crappy team. Um, and uh, and then as far as Kamenev, um, a pair, uh, I didn't know much about him until yesterday. Obviously, I've been just studying him all day. But um, I think he could be up in the next couple of weeks. And again, that's just because the bottom six in Colorado is uh, is, a, is a lot more weaker with that loss of Duchesne. And uh, there's no reason not to bring this guy up. He's playing at a point per game pace in the AHL. Give him a shot. As you mentioned, he's big. He's not going to get thrown around. He's only 21 years old. So uh, I could definitely see him playing. No really fantasy impact here. But uh, exciting name for keeper leagues, at least. Yeah, the one thing that I really liked about the deal from a Colorado perspective, um, I think 
kind of furthering your point, I think that definitely Gerard can have uh, make a case for himself to be uh, bottom of the roster fantasy defenseman in the next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, I'm not rushing the waiver wire to add him, but no, I think absolutely not. I think that <laughs> I think that uh, the one thing that you know outside of Tyson Berry, the one thing that uh, the Avalanche really are lacking are offensive defensemen. So I think. Uh, you know, he might not see a ton of minutes. He might be, he'll probably be a third-pairing guy, kind of play some sheltered minutes on the blue line there. But he should be an asset on the power play. Obviously, I don't think he's going to uh, supplant Tyson Berry on the top power play unit. But, uh, you know, slide in there on the second unit next to maybe Eric Johnson or whatever. Yeah, I nail Yakpov, who likes to play. They like to play on the point there as well. Uh, so I think he could have some fantasy relevance. Uh, one place I think that people will definitely look at him is in uh, the daily fantasy circles because... Uh, he obviously won't be too expensive, uh, you know, upon his arrival in Colorado, but uh, he's obviously shown to be a pretty nice uh, fantasy player. And then the one thing I just want to add one more thing about Kamenov is I just love that they added a big forward because this is a team yeah. uh, for the most part that is an undersized team. I mean, you look at Yakupov, Andrew Ghetto, uh, you know, Yost. now we see Alexander Kerfoot moving up. He's only like 150 Yost. pounds. Tyson Yost is undersized. I mean, they're a pretty small team. They've got some bigger players, and you know your Landis Cogs, your your Rant, and your Soderbergs. But uh, for the most part, their skilled players are really undersized. So adding a, a big power forward, another big power forward to the mix, uh, was a nice addition. But let's uh, let's change gears here now, D. Uh, from a Nashville and Ottawa perspective, uh, do you think? I mean, in a three-way deal, it is, in, I guess, in a two-way deal, too. But in a three-way deal specifically, there is a, the ability for all three teams to come out kind of looking. Uh, like winners, uh, do you think that that's the case here, or do you think there is an obvious loser in this deal? I don't know if I'd go so far as to call them losers, but it seems like the whole trade kind of felt like a bit of a desperation move for the Senators to me. Um, they're obviously in negotiations for Duchesne for a long time, and in the end, I think they made a pretty lateral move from Tourist to Duchesne, and they gave up you know, what I, what can be considered a lot to do it. Um, Tourist is just two years older than Duchesne, and since the 2014 season, Duchesne has averaged 0. 0.66 points per game. Tourist 0.69 over that same span. Uh, and to be fair to Duchesne, the team around him has obviously been falling apart over the last few years, which has led to a huge decline in his power play production. Um, the Avs had the worst power play in the league last year, converted on just 12.6% of their chances. So, uh, yes, Duchesne is obviously moving into a better situation in Ottawa, but this still feels, like I said, like a desperation deal by the Sens, uh, more or less fueled by their inability to extend tourists past this season. Yeah, uh, I guess the one thing that, like, they obviously were having a hard time signing tourists. Uh, maybe they'll have a bit of an easier time signing somebody like, like Duchesne. Uh, but then, obviously, tourists gets traded and immediately signs a six-year, $36 million deal in Nashville. Uh, do you think that maybe... Ottawa just saw, I mean, they've always been kind of a team that doesn't like to spend all the way up to the cap ceiling. They're, uh, you know, they, they like to save money where they can. Do you think that maybe they just didn't think that Turris was worth the $6 million per year and they'd rather give that money to somebody like Duchesne maybe over the next, they give him six times seven or something like that? I, I mean, Ottawa has kind of been known, like you said, to be closer to the floor than the cap ceiling. Um, so it's probably not as much of a matter as whether or not he's worth six by six, which you can argue uh, either way, I feel. Um, but I think the Duchesne, the move for Duchesne buys them a couple years before they have to, you know, consider spending that money on anyone, really. Uh, and they do have a bit of a competitive window here. So I think they're kind of just trying to maximize the value they can get out of their, uh, well, I guess, lower budget compared to the rest of the Canadian teams. Yeah, and that's a great point. They, you know, they add Duchesne, who is at one more year left after this year at $6 million per year. And uh, all of a sudden, I guess... 
win or lose doesn't really matter if you if you you know make the playoffs and you you know you, you take a run at the cup. Uh, do you think that this makes them a better team? I mean, this gives them some pretty serious depth down the middle now with Broussard, Duchesne, uh, Jean Gabriel, Pajot, and Nate Thompson. I'm like those. When you look at those guys, I mean, you got probably a one A one B situation uh, in the you know in the top six. Pajot has really solidified himself as a pretty good third line center, and Nate Thompson can kind of just do it all on your fourth line there. You know, does what he's asked type of deal. Uh, do you think that this makes them? You know. I guess they, they made the playoffs last year. They were competitive. Do you think they're almost a surefire uh, team to come out of the Atlantic again this year with the addition of Duchesne? Well, I don't disagree with anything you said about the other guys, but uh, like I said, to me, it is a lateral move from Duchesne to Tourist, especially when you consider just this season alone. Tourist was more, more productive um, and played. he did play slightly more minutes uh, than Duchesne, but to me, like he was better at even strength, uh, shown to be slightly better on the power play, slightly better playmaker in the last few years. Uh, again, you got to consider the team around Duchesne as well. Uh, but to me, really, it's a best case uh, best case scenario. It's a lateral move for Ottawa, and I really don't see Duchesne uh, outproducing what Tourist has done the last few years in Ottawa. Yeah, the, the one thing that's for sure, uh, and I saw that a lot, kind of everywhere, was everybody was kind of calling it a bit of a lateral move. Uh, and it, and it, I don't really disagree. Um, I think though that the one thing that Duchesne does a little bit better than Turris is score. I think he's a little bit better of a scorer, but I mean, on paper, they're very similar players. A little um, bit, yeah. But um, he really isn't, and the last few years, like, his shot rates have just gone down and down. Um, and again, that's that probably has a lot to do with uh, Ottawa as a whole, but his possession numbers have still been solid, and the shot rates are just falling off, so it's a little concerning as, you know, he moves further and further away from his prime. Yeah, that's the one thing that I, I wrote an article on this trade this morning, and I noticed, I mean, he, he his, his uh, shooting his shot volume has really dropped off uh, the last couple of years, uh, really low this year. But this is, Duchesne is a guy that, you know, routinely was over 200 shots. Uh, and if, if he can get back to that kind of volume in Ottawa, I think this will rejuvenate him a little bit. Obviously, uh, things were pretty bad in Colorado. They were a bad team. No offense, Beeps. Uh, so no, I think were. hopefully this will rejuvenate him. And if he gets back to 200, that 200 shot range, he's pretty much a lock uh, for 25 goals. And then we've obviously seen some thir- you know, upper 20s, 30 goal upside from him before. Uh, but how about Nashville? What do you guys think about Nashville adding tourists? I mean, uh, I really like it, obviously. Now, uh, they lost Mike Fisher and Mike Ribeiro in the last couple, you know, in the offseason here. I mean, they're, they were never great or anything, especially Ribeiro. Huge bum. Um, They're still roll guys though, but, yeah. But now you add Johansson, in, or sorry, you add um, Turrison behind Johansson. They picked up Nick Benito, who hasn't been healthy all year. He's a great third line center. We saw him do what he needed to do uh, in Pittsburgh to win a cup. Uh, and then they've got a bevy of options on the fourth line, whether it's uh, Yarncroft, Colton Sissons, or Frederick uh, Godreau. Uh, so I really like what this has done down the middle for Nashville. Uh, what do you guys think on it? I guess, Biebs, we haven't heard from you in a bit. What do you think? Do you, do you like this move for them? Yeah, I think it's a great move. I mean, they, they didn't have to move any pieces that really affected their current roster. Um, Gerard was kind of being thrown in and out um, here and there. So now you, you go with your six steady D um, and you just solidify your top six. Um, really, all they're doing is just completing the pieces that they needed to that that were the reasons they didn't win last year. And, and I think that tourist just kind of helps them get to that point even closer. Um, they're still missing a top team in Ryan Ellis is coming back uh, pretty soon, I believe a couple yeah. more weeks. So when that happens, uh, I think this team's going to be just right, right up there with, with Tampa, Washington, you know, best teams there. Yeah. This looks like, an, they, sorry, go ahead. 
great. Uh, I agree where you're going. I just think it looks like a great move for Nashville. Um, I love the idea of not losing anything from your current lineup and adding a 27 goal scorer from a year ago. It's not bad. Yeah, this is an all-in type of move. I mean, they made it to the Cup Finals last year, and they really haven't changed much as a team. They've added pieces, and they look even better than they were last year. Um, I guess the one thing I'd like to add about both Nashville and Ottawa, before I go back to UD, is the one thing I really like is that none of them... Well, I, I, I do agree that Ottawa did give up a lot. I, th- I think it was great on both of these teams that they didn't give up any of their blue-chip prospects, really. I mean, Ottawa didn't have to part with Thomas Shabbat or Colin White or Logan Brown. Like They didn't have to trade. And, and then, obviously, Nashville really wanted to keep their, their top 4D intact. I mean, there was the... Matthias Ekholm's name was floating around quite a bit uh, involved in this trade. So they none of them didn't break up their top four and Nash and Ottawa didn't have to give away any of their top prospects, which is huge. I think I think it's a big win for both of those teams to to kind of avoid doing that while also landing pieces that they needed. But uh, D, what do you think about the tourist and Nashville thing? Uh, I agree. I think it's a huge upgrade for the Preds. Um, but yeah, Elliot Friedman said it today, Brock. They're clearly all in in 2018. But um, obviously, it does a lot for the roster this year when you're able to bring in a guy like Torres, like Beef said, and not give up anything off the roster aside from maybe uh, what value Gerard would have been ma- able to offer this season. Um, but to me, Torres is a guy that's capable of driving his own bus, if you will. Uh, he can carry a line, uh, especially a second line, because he kind of needs those favorable zone starts. He's up around 60% this year in Ottawa. He's definitely more of an offensively-minded player. But like I said, more than capable of driving production on a line. And uh, you pointed out in your article today, Brock, just immediately elevates the winger's fantasy value in Nashville, whoever you slotted again, or slotted next to. Yeah, that's the one thing I love. I mean, they, they were missing that deep part down the middle. They, they they had good players down the middle, but they were you know lacking some serious depth. I mean, Colton Sissons... Uh, obviously, ter- getting tourists is a massive upgrade there. Uh, but I think, obviously, it, it, it matters who he plays with. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about quickly before we go uh, is, obviously, the addition of Duchesne. We've seen Mike Hoffman skating with him today. How much do you think that uh, maybe the addition of Duchesne helps Mike Hoffman? Because we've seen him kind of playing more third-line minutes with like a power play specialist type of role. Um, when Turris was there, they weren't playing together. Now today it was Duchesne. Um, Hoffman and Smith what do you guys think the addition of Duchesne does for Mike Hoffman I think it kind of just opens him up a little bit more and that might be what he needed he's a we know he's a shoot first guy and and Duchesne's also a scorer Um, in general I I, I like it for Hoffman Um, I I think it can only help him Um, well maybe not but hopefully can help him and Duchesne has been known to set guys up as well here and there Um, I mean I'm trying to think circa four years ago when he was at it at his prime, but um, I don't know I don't, uh, if he can get get back to that point. I think it could greatly help Hoffman. Yeah, um, like to me, it's confusing because I don't get why they couldn't have just done that with tourists in the first yeah, place. Um, exactly. Yeah, but uh, I guess it helps Hoffman. It should. I mean, if he sees a bump in ice time, I think that'll do more than anything. Um, but you know, as far as fantasy implications go in this trade, I think Duchesne is the. Uh, most obvious benefactor here mm-hmm. um he's in a really good place to get his offensive production back on track uh one immediate and obvious benefit to duchene is his plus minus he was minus 34 last year um so you know when his production only warrants fringe fantasy roster value uh when he's carrying that black hole of a plus minus it doesn't make it worth it at all so it's clearly not the case anymore um 
And Brock, if you talked about it again in your post today. If Duchesne wants to get back up to 55, 60 point territory, he's going to need to start shooting the puck more. Should be yeah. afforded more opportunities to do so in Ottawa. He's playing under 60 minutes in Colorado this year per game. Uh, Tourist was averaging 19, so I guess that gives us kind of an idea uh, what to expect as far as ice time goes for Duchesne in Ottawa. So I like it for Duchesne. I'm not sure what it'll do for the other guys in Ottawa, like I said. Um, but if Poppins a good enough player where if he sees a bump in ice time, it, it that should be enough on its own to, uh, I guess, up the fantasy value a little bit. Yeah, the one thing I added to my post about these two is they both play with tremendous speed. They're both very quick players. Uh, and then you've got Duchesne, who's a pretty good playmaker in his own right, and Hoffman's got that great release. So I think that it should definitely help. And then like you talked about a little bit earlier, D, I think uh, having somebody... Um, sorry, having Duchesne move from Colorado to Ottawa will certainly help his power play production as well, which will only which will go a long yeah. way, obviously, uh, in his overall production. Um do you and guys... that was not to cut you off, but that nope. was like the huge difference, right? Like the Duchesne's one, or I guess his uh, one of his two big seasons when he had the seventy point season, he had something like seventeen points uh, on the power play, and uh, last year that number was down to nine. Um, so that's a huge drop uh, right in there. And if he can, you know, kind of make that up halfway, uh, it should go a long way for him, kind of getting it back to that fifty-five, sixty-point range. Yeah, D- uh, Beebs, do you have anything else to add uh, before we go? Nope. I uh, I think we hit a lot of it on the on the head there. Um, fantasy repercussion wise, there is definitely some stuff going on here. So definitely stuff that people should be paying attention to um, as far as their fantasy teams go. And uh, I think if you have a Nashville guy, this is a, this is a good time for you. Yeah. Uh, but before we go, I just have a couple little things I'd like to add. Uh, I think it's both Turris and Duchesne are both hovering around. Uh, as of the time I wrote my post this morning, I'm sure it's gone up closer to 70, but they were both, I think it was Duchesne was 64 and Turris was 65% owned. Uh, both worth ads um, for sure. Yep. Uh, I, so, and then in my post today, I put projections down for both of these guys from here, from, you know, from today on um, based on how I think this trade will affect these guys going forward. Uh, so I have Duchesne coming in at 65 games. 20 goals, 28 assists for 48 points uh, through the remainder of the season. Uh, Turris a little bit lower, 62 games, 19 goals, 24 assists, 43 points, just a bit lower. Um, But I guess my question to you guys is, if both of these guys are available in your league, which one would you prefer to add right now? Uh, Biebs, we'll start with you. Uh, For me, it's Duchesne, and that's just strictly because it looks like he's going to be on that power play one. Um, we talked about how similar these two players are. And Duchesne also has dual position eligibility, which in Yahoo at least, which is a little bit nicer to have than just Terses straight up the middle center. But as far as me, as it goes for me, um, they're both, both, like you said, ownable, but Duchesne has the edge for me. Yeah, I think it's kind of a, it's going to be a really close call down the stretch. Um, I would feel like you said, kind of better about Duchesne's situation in Ottawa. But to me, Terrace has been the more productive player over the last few years. Uh, if he can hold his ice time to around 17, 18 minutes a game, I think I would still rather have him down the stretch. Um, I would, I'd really like to see Duchesne's, uh, we talked about it a lot on the show, but I'd like to see Duchesne's shot production go up um, before I, you know, I could confidently say that he'll outproduce Tourist down the stretch. But uh, also the dual position eligibility as B spoke to as well kind of lends in his favor. It's a close call, but for me, I'd take Tourist. Yeah, um, for me, I think it is the dual position eligibility thing. And like we were kind of talking about earlier, uh, it's a big deal uh, that Duchesne will likely see power play one time. Uh, I don't know for sure if we can say the same thing about Turris. They got a pretty good thing going on with Johansson Forsberg. 
uh, Yossi Subban, and then right now it's Hartnell. Uh, could be Arvidsson. I'm not really sure. But uh, that's pretty much all I've got. you guys anything, have anything else to add uh, before we go? Just that as good as Yossi and Subban are, the Predators are one of the few teams that still rock the 3-4, 2 defenseman look. Um, so I think if things do go south for that power play, they definitely could experiment with tourists more, um, especially in, in that place for Hartnell. But like you said, he also has Arvidsson in there competing for that spot as well. Peeps, anything yeah. else? And uh, go Avs and go Lions. And that's all that I got for tonight. Before we go, I just want to point out that so like the Leafs just hit the ice for warm-ups, uh, and Matthews, who was a game-time decision, is on the ice. And uh, so I tweeted out, <laughs> obviously, that Matthews is on the ice. Uh, oh, my God, I spelled his name wrong, though. It obviously autocorrected. My bad. Um, but uh, Bob McKenzie took a screenshot and said, like, anyone know if Matthews is taking warm-ups? And it's just like seven tweets in a row all saying that, like, Matthews is <laughs> on the ice for warm-ups, and Daily Faceoff is one of them. <laughs> Hey, we made it. Hey, Bobby. thanks, thanks, Bobby. So I like that he follows it. Hopefully, he listens to the podcast. Uh, but there's no way he listens to the podcast. <laughs> there's a zero percent chance. He knows more than all of us combined. Definitely uses the site though. He's mentioned it before. Yeah, I love it. But anyways, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this little bit of a bonus episode. Uh, you know, again, if you can add any of these players that are going to be positively affected by this trade, I, I kind of alluded to the fact that uh, Yakpov should see. Uh, some reduction without, uh, or some regression, sorry, without uh, Duchesne. But you never know. He's uh, actually, he's definitely going to see some regression. What am I talking about? Um, but anyways, we should be back on the mics this Thursday. So look for the latest episode of the Daily Faceoff podcast on Friday. I'm Brock Segan for Dylan D. Berthium and Michael B. Bondi. Go Lions, and we'll see you guys here on Friday. <laughs> Bonus Peace. App. Broken down, so I walked the line. I drop my wounds and I die I'm out of money, I'm out of time I fly low like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision narrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.